The following you're about to listen to contains two dudes talking weird shit on a podcast about horror and stuff. If you like horror like I do, like and subscribe to this channel. It's really good. I'm not being paid to do this. Wait a sec. Do I get paid for this? Hey, shut the fuck up. Okay. Well, anyway... I hope you enjoy the show. This is Freaky Friday. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell your friends about it. It's a really good show. It's really cool because they don't play any of that fucking Morrissey music. Enjoy. Uh, microphone test. One, two, three. One, two, three. What's going on, man? Oh, dude, what is going on? What is going? What? What is even anything? What? what who knows? I'm slightly confused because um, I just read Batman Spawn. Peas in a pod. So did I. What did you I say? read mine early this morning. What did you cool. Say? Yeah. Um, it just. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, confused as well. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, uh, it's a fucking gorgeous looking comic, man. Like it looks. Well, let's let's just say it right off the bat, artwork wise, they fucking ticked all the boxes. Yeah, it, it looks amazing, but I'm just like, it just for a one shot. I'm just sort of like, uh, is that it? <laughs> is it a one shot, but? Like, will there, is there more? Because um, it says end of number one, and uh, I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's more to come because it ends on a, you know, spoiler alert, it does end on an open-ended ending, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just sort of like, it just felt like, it, it, I, I'm not going to say I didn't like it because I did. No, I but, liked it. It just kind of felt like it was just like an issue of setup and didn't really go anywhere. Look, there was there was all the potential in the world, and it followed a lot of the classic, you know, team up uh, reads that we've read over the years. It followed all the all the basic formulas. Um, the, I'm glad to see the Joker was in there. Um, well, could he have been more involved? Yes. Yeah, it was really cool to see, like, you know, cameos from, you know, the Scorched and, yeah. you know, the Bat family. Yeah, Joker yeah, there was, there was some nice little cameos in there. And stuff like that. Mm. But I just kind of was like, uh, um, okay. That's... I kind of wanted to see more of a Violator Joker sort of more <laughs> prominent vibe well, so would... I guess I guess if I was going to give a critique man it's just sort of like okay so Batman fight spawn yeah cool we've seen that before um, so, I mean I'll... it's a funny little story isn't it yeah 
Like for, the, for for anyone that hasn't read this, I mean, and, and welcome to Freaky Friday, by the way, boys and ghouls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is this is typical. This is typical of a start of a conversation of between Jake and me. We just always start off like this, like, dude, did you read that? <laughs> um, if, if you're not into it, you must be a Morrissey fan. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just glad Morrissey didn't write it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, no one was crying over dead flowers. Mm. Uh, I think it just was like, it, it, I, I guess I kind of wanted to see, you know, uh, sort of a more traditional kind of crossover thing. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I wanted a bit more fan service, like a bit of like, I would have loved to have seen Batman take on the Violator or, you know, a, yeah. or Spawn taking on the Joker or something like that, you know? It would have been cool. Like, there's a look. I'm sure there's fucking miles of fucking commentary of fans out there that would say similar comments and then some. But I mean, for the most part, at the end of the day, we got a Batman Spawn comic, and and it's not a disaster. It's a fucking great read. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, the I, story I... itself. It. Re, the, I don't know. My perception of the synopsis is basically the the parallel between the two tragedies that is Al Simmons' life with his wife um, Wanda and Bruce Wayne with his parents. Yeah. The parallels between and they both died on the same day pretty much. I'm 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 that that's what I gathered from the reading yeah, the book. I'm, I'm sort of like <laughs> it's kind of I'm guessing it's sort of some plot from the Court of Owls or something like that. Well, especially when the pearls are involved, Martha's Martha Wayne's pearls, pearl necklace that was, you know, so symbolically reminiscent. Well, you know, uh, displayed in in any death sequence that replays uh, of Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we always see the pearl necklace. And in this case, they've said, well, the pearl necklace is more than just a pearl necklace. There is pearl that contains uh, was it intelligence or data or something like that, that that is significant to the Court of Owls. Yeah. Um, which I thought was – I actually – I liked that. I thought that was a really nice touch, nice part of storytelling, um, yeah, just, yeah. just to open that doorway up. Yeah, I, I guess I just sort of was like, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know that I was really expecting anything from it, mm. but I guess it's sort of, you know, I mean, because, and again, I'm not going to criticise it because it's a fucking great looking comic. Um, oh, gorgeous artwork, cool stuff in there. Yeah, like there's there's some some cool ideas and concepts, like you know, um, but I guess it's sort of like you know a lot of the criticisms that were thrown <laughs> at the original. Uh, Spawn Batman crossover, how it was like, you know, very high on very, very pretty art because mm. you know, McFarlane drew the original. Yes. Um, and sort of, you know, fairly threadbare on story because, I mean, look, and I love Frank Miller, but, you know, the the story for Spawn Batman, I think he could have written that on the back of a cocktail napkin. But, yeah, so I, I guess I was sort of thinking, like, going into this one, like, oh, okay, they're going to, like, really, you know, Todd's going to really, like, tighten up the story and, you know, and it, I, it, it felt like it could have just, like, 
been like a, a sort of tangential kind of issue of spawn that's sort of part of that ongoing, you know, yeah. giant build up that he's crafting with that. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was a weird little weird little comic. I mean, I would say I hated it, but yeah, it was just no all that anticipation. I was sort of like, oh, if this was if it was part, I I guess I feel like if it was. If this was going to be like a six or eight issue miniseries or something like that, I'd go, okay, cool, off to a bang and start. Well, yeah. that's why I feel like, a, you know, I know, I know it's just supposed to be essentially a one shot, but I kind of, there's part of me hoping, hey, maybe they will continue this, you know, um, because it would be kind of cool to see a bit more of that, uh, you know, the Scorched universe in there, a bit more Joker in there. Um, bring a bit of Catwoman in there, you know, like bring in some of the, the regular characters and see how they co coincide together in one book, in one story. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of one of those things where it's like, there's so much to play with there. It would be cool to see like. Bring in Ray, Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. I guess it would be cool to see like, you know, Nightwing and Haunt have mm. to work together. Yeah. Or you know, Gunslinger and Red Hood or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be, I, I can see that happening. Like, so it's kind of like, oh, there's, there's so much cool stuff here. It would just be really neat to, you know, explore I, a bit more, I guess. I got to say one thing, but I, I really, I thought the battle, yeah, spoiler alert, the, the battle between Batman and Spawn is spectacular. I thought the yeah, yeah. the play of the play out and the panels for that were gorgeous. The um well, the way I mean, Batman gets beaten, you know, beaten pretty hard is cool. I mean, I had a total fanboy moment over that moment where um, you know, spoilers, Batman air quotes uh, mm. viewers that Talon from the Court of Owls, mm. the very bullseye Electra pose mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, the death of Electra. I thought that was fucking rad. I was yeah. like, that's cool. Yeah, there were, there were some really nice moments in there, dude. And, and I love, I know, I, I just kind of like a lot of, I think we, we see, you know, and, and this is maybe my naivety of not reading enough Spawn, but I really liked what they did with Spawn in this story. I kind of liked just how he, you know, uh, works and, you know, how he uh, operates with Batman and, you know, talks about, you know, like, uh, you know when Batman says things like, "Oh, there are there are others like me, with, but with powers," and he go and Spawn just goes, "Who's Superman?" Yeah, <laughs> just l- basically plays it down. Like, is that the best you've got? Like, come on! In my universe, there's fucking w- worse things to worry about than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and I thought that I thought all that stuff was really cool. I thought it's like you know, okay, obviously, like I guess the issue with it is that like I feel like some of the storytelling isn't particularly clear. Yeah, I, um, I, I feel the same. Because it, it's sort of like, okay, you're kind of like, okay, so there's like, you know, because I mean, like Spawn, like, you know, they've made a whole bunch of like big deals about all these dead zones and stuff like that, mm. about, you know, angels and demons and, yep. you know, all those players, like their powers don't work. And it's like, I okay, guess so there's stuff like that in Gotham as well, like that, you know, we're kind of getting this, sort of um, vibe that spawns cross dimensions to get to Gotham. So it's like, okay, so what, they exist in every universe? Or is that what you... Yeah. Just like there was a little bit of stuff in there that was just like, it just wasn't... And it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like this could have benefited from either like, you know, a bit of a tighten up on the script 
or potentially like a bigger page count for the one shot. Well, I, I feel like this is where, you know, you said a series would have been more beneficial. I'm with you. I think three yeah. parts. Yeah. Give us, you know, two parts, three parts, whatever, just a continuity that that gives us a, a, a bit more expansion on the two universes, a bit more expansion on the, the key players like Talon. Yeah. I, I feel like we didn't get enough of Talon in there that, that you know, he, who's a great character and I would have loved to have seen a bit more, you know, with that, um, a bit more with Joker, you know, with his little violator fucking puppets and yeah. The, all those just little bits and pieces. I feel like this is it, it's it's not neatly wrapped up in one issue. I feel like there needs to be a follow up or at least two more parts just to oh man yeah totally. yeah totally. just give us a bit more um and yeah it's just but still I'm with you. It's a good fun read. Oh excuse me, it's a good fun read. Um, McFarlane, you've done it again. Uh, I think. Capullo is in it, yeah. Yeah, Greg yeah, Capullo. Yeah, yeah. He's he's doing the um. I mean, it, it's it's a fucking all star cast, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, he yeah. I mean, look, you know, it's a spicy hot take, but I'm going to go there. I think uh, he's the definitive spawn artist. I yeah, absolutely. I created the character. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, Capullo. Capullo, um, I'm not sure exactly. Capolo, Capolo, Capawati, Greg, <laughs> Grego, the Capmeister, the, the Gregster. Um, I think he's. Uh, I, I I think yeah, man. He just really made Spawn his own during his uh, his run on the character. I think so too, man. He he did a great job. Um, well, like I said, I haven't read enough Spawn to fucking fully give my two cents. But what I have read, I fucking yeah, it's fucking killer. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a great read. I enjoyed it. Um, hey, while we're on the top, the topic of comics, man, fucking another thing I read. Have you read issue one of Nightclub? I've got it, but I haven't read it yet. I am fucking hanging for it though. It looks rad. Mark Miller, you have done it again. That's all I got to say. I won't give any spoilers. This is a great, you know. I mean, look, we live in a day and age where I feel like you know, this is much like heavy metal. Black Sabbath pretty much wrote the fucking every chord progression in heavy metal. Uh, I feel like we live in a day and age where every fucking zombie vampire scenario has been written to death to the nth degree. But Mark Miller has managed to give us something cool and exciting with Nightclub. It's um, a good first issue. Yeah, man. I had a quick flick through it when, when my comic showed up and I got a real vibe from it. Um, it's definitely yeah. a vibe. Do you remember Crimson? Vaguely, yes. The Humberto Ramos teenage vampire one. Yeah, I got that kind of vibe from uh, Nightclub, but mm. um, I'll, I'll put it delicately because I don't, I don't hate Crimson. It's just for me, it was a series that kind of disappeared up its own ass a little bit. Yeah. Because um, it, like, it started off really cool, like really great concepts. It's like, you know, this teenager gets bitten by a vampire, turned into a vampire, you know, has to like navigate life as a vampire, which mm. in and of itself is a really cool concept. Absolutely, yeah. But, like Crimson just kind of like went completely nuts and mm. was like, you know, angels and demons and dragons <laughs> and fucking yeah. every fucking supernatural creature known to man. And I feel like, you know, it kind of lost that 
original core concept that really got me into it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like with Nightclub, it's not going to do that. I feel like it's just taken this concept and gone, okay, let's really fucking do this shit. This is a this is a great read for a new audience, man. I I fell in love. I just love I love the cover straight away. The cover drew me, and I went, "Oh, mariachi looking figures, cool." Um, and then I saw the the cool logo for Nightclub. I went, "Oh, this is a I love this font." Then I saw Mark Miller's name as the writer. One and Ramirez doing the art. I went, "This sounds fun, man. I'm in, I'm in. Let's do this." Mm. And it's a good read for a new audience, man. For people that fucking. You know, the live in the today world of social media and stuff. This one's for you, man. You'll fucking, you'll get a kick out of it. Well, man, Mark Miller's one of those writers, man. When he's on, he is like just fucking great, man. Bro, he's just about to drop fucking Nemesis Reloaded on the world, man. Dude, like this guy has written so many fucking hits for, for the modern comic audience, man. He's... He really hasn't written a piece of shit yet, in my opinion. No, 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 no. I, I mean, even, um, even the stuff of his where I'm not a huge uh, fan of the concept, or mm. I'm gonna lose interest in. Mm. Like, I mean, Prodigy. I thought the first miniseries was great. Mm. Yeah. And then the, the second one, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really sure on this. Well, I got to the last issue, I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, longevity is not his strongest suit in certain, depending on the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's but, some stuff like Magic Order where he's just like really mining it for gold. And yeah. Each series is just great. Yeah, it's definitely good. Some really good stuff there. Um, and and I think he's he's definitely um, he's onto a good thing with Nightclub. I think that's going to be a great little series, whether it grows legs and lasts. You know, a long time. I doubt it. I think it's just going to be a good, um, good short little series that we'll talk about for a long time and mm. and go. Yeah, that that was for a vampire book. That's one of the good ones. Um, yeah, well, I think some some of his um, some of his stuff where it's just like he just does like a one like Reborn uh, was really good and it yeah. was just like a one off series. Um, yeah, King of Spies was fucking great and it was just like you know four or five issues done. It was awesome. Well, I mean, and like we said with Nemesis, man, Nemesis is just fucking, you know, it's it's the Batman book that never was, you know. It's, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times before, and it's just, it is exactly that. It's fucking everything you wish Batman would be. Um, it's fucking gold, um, and so I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah, I'm I'm hanging for it too. I think it's going to be really good. Um, I also read uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, issue one. Oh, how's that? Man, it's um, it's not bad. It's yeah. pretty good. Look, um, you know, American mythology. They're they're really, you know, they're onto a thing where they're just trying to, you know, bring back these these cool, cool moments in uh, cinematic history that we all fucking love, like um, this and fucking um, Fright Night and you know and a few other things. And it's it's good fun. I mean, I I enjoy this. I thought, look, it's a good read. Um, you know, it, it's definitely opening up the mythology. It expands on the the story of of the, the movie a bit more. Um, so yeah, the violence is all there. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It was good fun. And um, yeah, I think I think uh, fans will dig it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, have you read any other cool horror stuff of late? I mean, I've I've caught up on a bunch of stuff over the last few days. Um, I'm just trying to think of what stands out. Uh, Tell you what, I'll get up and have a quick flip through my reading pile. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I've got a pretty big reading pile. I've got a. I've 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 caught up on a bunch of X Men stuff. Nice. Um, which has been good. Uh, DC. Uh, DC vs. Vampires, um, All Out War, I finished yeah. that. That was really good. Um, oh, yeah, I am reading uh, Good Boy, which I've talked about before. And, mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it's so much fun. Well, you'll be proud of me. You'll be proud of me as well because I'm currently halfway through reading American Vampire 1976. That is so fucking good, man. Like, I am loving it right now, dude. Yeah, it is fucking great. It's fucking um, awesome. It makes me want to go back and read all the other books again. Yeah. It's... I cannot wait until someone finally does a TV series out of that. Dude, I, I think, I think yeah. this is definitely something we'll see on Netflix in the, or, or Prime or something like that in the – you know, within the next five years at least. So we will at least see some sort of news that the script is in development. Someone's got to fucking jump on it, man. It's a great story, dude. Great story. Like, and... Especially 76, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just... If, it, if it's the final in the series, it is fucking... They are going out with a bang. Oh yeah, dude! It's it's fucking it's all Skinner. Skinner is man. He is he is such a fucking dude, man. Like he's just one of those great characters, man. And like, and I love the ode to Johnny Blaze, Evil Knievel in this man. This is fucking great. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking cool, man. It's just one of those things where it's just like I feel like it's such a fresh, cool take on vampires that I it is and feel like it could be a really great shot. In the arm for it really is subgenre. Yeah, it is, man. Because I, I feel like we're getting. We talked about this last week. We're getting uh, and the week before. We're getting a lot more and more. I seem every month we're just getting more and more horror themed comic books coming out. Like uh, um, the back of Silent Night, Deadly Night um, from American Mythology Productions. They've got another one coming up called Monster Tag Team, and it's. Got Dracula versus Werewolf on the cover. It's like, oh, I think I saw an ad for that. Yeah, yeah, like this, and and you know, there's heaps of stuff, and like the 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 heavy metal comics that we've talked about as well. Like, um, I've got to read. I'll probably hopefully talk about it next week. The Roadie. I've got all four parts to that now. Oh, cool. Um, and I'm about to read another one called Road Trip to Hell, um, from Scout Comics, and it looks fun. So. There's like a lot of cool shit coming out. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm, I'm like, I'm a fan of these old school cinema revival comics coming out. Like, um, you know, like your Silent Night, Deadly Nights, fucking Fright Nights, all that. Uh, Night of Living Dead, all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's great that we're getting all that stuff now because they're the kind of reads that will engage us, the reader and and viewer to go back and watch these classic films again. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm loving that we're getting Fright Night. I'm loving all the Elvira yeah. stuff, like Elvira yeah. Horrorland and everything. Absolutely. It's yeah. great. 
Elvira meets Vincent Price, like all of that shit. It's yeah, awesome. it's it's fun, dude. Like, I mean, horror's healthier than ever right now, man. Like the fucking, you know, for, for industry, there's money to be made and there's a fan base eagerly ready to eat it all up and fucking spend our hard-earned money. So, you know, I guess all we ask of our writers and artists is give us the goods, man. Give us, you know, give us what we've been waiting for, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where... To start our conversation with Batman Spawn, I think that's kind of what we're asking is we love the concept. We love, we know we're going to love the artwork. Now give us the story. Yeah. The story is the most crucial part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly it, man. I guess it's just, you know, <coughs> I mean, I guess the thing, the thing with Batman Spawn is that it's like if it came out in the 90s, like with that kind of fairly fast and loose. Yeah image writing of the yeah. night where it was all about the art, um, you kind of would just go, oh, this is fucking awesome. Mm. Um, and you know what, man? Maybe if you're a 16-year-old kid and you're reading Batman Spawn, it is fucking awesome. It's like the coolest fucking thing ever. Well, um, but I guess for us old school fans mm. who are around for that stuff, mm. they want a little bit more nowadays. Um, Do you think then that you've just kind of raised a very interesting point? Do you think that that's the intent? Maybe they have just given us that let's go back to our fucking teen life and here's it, you know, let's go back to simpler times. It could very well be. I mean, you know, I... It, I think the thing is, it's like, look, Todd McFarlane's a really talented guy. Um, and, oh, yeah. You know, a very savvy businessman. Um, <laughs> I think as a writer, he has gotten a lot better over the years. I think he's a little bit uh, better when he works with someone. Um, yeah, I think that's good, the relationship. Uh, that's, yeah. that's not like a, a slam at all. I no. Think, I just sort of feel like, you know, uh, as a writer, he's, you know, not, um, not, you know, he's, he's not like fucking Mark Miller or anyone like that. Like, you know, he sort of, you know, he has a very specific Look, he's, style he, and he sticks to he, it. And he's proven his worth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I guess like, you know, it could very well be that he's just gone, you know what, let's fuck it. Let's make an old school fucking crossover you know, comic. I mean, that that very well could be his intent. But, yeah, um, yeah. I guess just for me, it's just sort of like I've sort of, I've kind of been through all that in yeah. sort of phase, and I love You're right. it fine, and I still love it. But, yeah, you know, um, I guess it's kind of like. I'm at the point now where it's like, look, dude, I've seen that. And, mm. and you know, if you're going to give us a Spawn Batman crossover, like, you know, make it everything it fucking could be. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's, again, you know, I, I feel, I feel now that you've raised an interesting point by, by accident or, or, or whatever. I feel like maybe no, this is. I do is by accident. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, Man, honestly, I feel like that 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 that's maybe the possible intention was that it was to time warp us back to simpler times, back to the sixteen-year-old readers of comics of the nineties, and and give us that that flashback of a time that was uh, with the flash in the pan story and stuff. Yeah. However, if you know they've left it open for a, a, a follow-up issue, and I I sincerely hope we get a follow-up. I really do. I, oh, I know it's not oh, announced, but it would be fucking great. 
Yeah. Yeah. It would be fucking great. And I would love to see a bit more expansion on the story and the characters. That would be cool. But hey, look, it is what it is. It's not a shit read. Um, If you haven't got it and you like comic books, fucking go get it, man. It's a good read. Um, the, The fight between Batman and Spawn, fucking mint, dude. It's good. Well, that's it. That's exactly it, man. Like it's it's fun. Like it, it's sort of um, it's it, it, I guess like you know because I mean you know if you're gonna like kind of pin it down, it's like it obviously takes place during the start of you know Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder's Batman run mm. fifty two. Yeah, because uh, of the whole Court of Owls thing. Yeah, and, and Alfred's still alive. Yeah, well, Alfred's still around, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> I think, you know, the Spawn stuff obviously takes place during the current run of Spawn. Yeah. So, you know, cause Hence why we see everything. Scorched as well. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of like the timeline for it. But, um, no, it was an interesting read. Um, not the worst thing to read, that's for sure. No, fuck no. No, not by, not by half. No, and I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty more. Like we said, there's plenty of heaps of good stuff coming out, man. From you know, and it's not just the two big guns, Marvel and DC anymore. We're getting fucking Image. We're getting IDW, Dynamite, the fucking Boom Comics. Oh yeah, they're, they're all pumping out the hits, man. And there's uh, Marvel. Marvel's got another run of Predator comics coming out. Um, yeah, they've been interesting. Um, Aliens has been really good. Um, yeah, the the new storyline's great. I was yeah. a bit skeptical when they put out Alien Number One. I went, "Oh, didn't they just do that twelve issues ago, or whatever it was?" Okay, cool. But it's a whole new storyline, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. I before before we move on to the movie, I'm loving Vanish. Vanish. We have to talk about that. That is, I am already going to say that is one of the best new comics I have read in the last year. Dude, right. It's so fucking good. I did not think it possible to blend two universes the way they have, like the powers of superhero fan, uh, superhero, supervillains and magic. Wow. Yeah, and they've really kind of done like uh, – it's weird to me because it's like with the main characters, kind of like, oh, this is what happens if Harry Potter went wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's kind of like Gambit fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, and it's so fucking cool. And like I just – there's so many like – influences in there like there is like you know there's a, a bit of like you know uh justice league kind of the boys the boys yeah yep. you know there's a little bit of spider-man there's like harry potter mm-hmm. like, yeah but that's the thing it's not reinventing the wheel but it's giving us a fucking cool spin no exactly it's it's kind of like one of those great things that um you know you, you always talk about with people and yeah talk about like writing and stuff where you sort of like you know well, have you ever like you know watched something and gone, oh, that's interesting. I, I wish they'd explored that a bit more and mm. kind of jumped off on that tangent. Mm. And I kind of feel like that's what Vanish is. It's kind of it feels yep. like you know Donny Cates has been watching Harry Potter and gone, hey, you know what would have happened if like Harry Potter had just like whipped out a Beretta and fucking plugged one in Voldemort's head? 
Yeah, exactly, dude. Ever ended the war. Like, where where would things go from there? And it's just like, whoa, fuck. Like, yeah. That's the thing, man. Concept-wise, it, it follows many similar beats to a lot of traditional stories that we've Ooh. that we've loved. And it's just giving us well, I think I think the other component that makes this so memorable is the gorgeous artwork. Like, oh, yeah, dude, Stegman's fucking killing it. I mean, that to me, that really seals the deal on why, why I think, in my opinion, this comic is as good as it is. Mm. That artwork really sells this, and the story just the the two just ebb and flow so beautifully. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's just i i was kind of on board for it because like i got there uh i i I jumped on board from the start with their venom run yeah um and they just really did a very cool kind of horror take on venom and really expanded that whole mythology you know oh so cool that's awesome like king in black and stuff like that um and did i send you the first six issues of venom I think he did. I had a bizarre feeling I sent you that in a hardcover. But, dude, yeah, once you dive into that, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's um, I, I can't wait, man. Like, I mean, Vanish, if, if no one's read it, fucking read it, dude. Like, if, if and if you have, if you don't read comics and you are curious, um, fucking take notes, man. We're giving you a reading list to fucking just blow, you, blow a hole in your wallet, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, and the great thing with Vanish too, I think, is it's like you know, if you had someone who wasn't a comic reader but they were into like Harry Potter and you know, kind of wanted a bit this more, would be your jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it also kind of like I'm a big fan of the Dresden Files, like the book series. Yes. Um, okay. Yep. And it very much gives me kind of similar vibes to it as well. Yep. So yeah, I'm fucking digging it lots. It's um. It's a fucking great story, dude. The art, as I said, I won't go on about the art, but it's fucking it really just fucking. I mean, you look at the the, the great thing about comics, and I learned this from. Um, it's funny enough. I, I I remember something Adam Nichols said to me. Um, yeah, one of the great fucking comic uh, comic artists of Australia said to me at a convention, fucking a good cover really fucking sells everything. You know, it just really draws you in, and he's fucking bang on right. And that is one of the great definitive features of Vanish is the cover artwork just fucking is, it's like candy, man. Just yeah. draws you in. Well, it's, it's like, you know, man, it's like, it's like, it's like a video. It's like, you know, the mm, mm. it's just exactly it's like, you know, you, you want something eye catching and mm. like, just get, make you go, well, what the fuck is this? And what is this? Yeah. Like, and yeah, I mean, I feel like Vanish kind of, you know, it, it, it achieves it, that. It does, and it does it by like not only giving you something that's kind of like the traditional sort of iconic kind of you know superhero comic cover, but also doing something different that's like enough to make you go, "Whoa, what's that about?" Yeah, exactly. Um, and and that's the beautiful thing about the book. Like when I picked it up for the first time, I went into it knowing very little about it, what I was about to read. I thought, uh, I'll give this one issue. I'll see how we go. Fucking by the end of issue one, I was just like, oh, please hurry up and get out number two. 
I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I pretty much jumped on it because I, I sort of, I think it and uh, We Have Demons were kind of around a similar. Yes, time. yeah, we and We Have Demons is fucking gorgeous too. Dude, that was killer as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you know, We Have Demons, good team on that. You mm-hmm. know, yep. Band. Oh, well, you know, I've read these guys' Venom run. I really dug it. What the mm-hmm. fuck? Give it a spin. Let's do it. Yeah. So glad I was. Same. So glad. It was fucking amazing. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the fucking, one of the highlights for 2022, 2023, man. It's fucking, oh, yeah. yeah, all the way, man. It's, it's fucking, yeah, just such a good fun read. And, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yeah man, so many good, oh, so many good reads. Um, but, um, oh, dude, uh, just quickly too, um, fucking music wise, I've been listening. I listened to the new Avatar EP or singles. Yeah. Fucking great band from, oh, I'm probably going to fuck this up and say they're from Sweden. Um, I'm pretty sure they are. But, dude, the fucking, yeah. The, yeah, they are now. But the music is fucking great. Um, it's fucking, I love these guys because the singer is just, he's just a freak, man. Like, he can just belt out the gutturals. And then hit those high notes, Rob Halford style, and it's fucking all right. Yeah, and our boy Villa's um, come back with um, some solo material too, which I haven't checked out yet. But um, I'm all kinds of curious to see what what he's uh, doing post him. Yeah, I saw that he's got uh, a new album, um, and fucking. What did I hear the other day? New Depeche Mode album in February uh, or March. I'm excited. I'm fucking hanging for that. Um, and, you know, for anyone that missed it, Ice Nine Kills dropped their new music video on Friday the 13th, which and no cool. Yeah, and no doubt is very good, yeah? Oh, dude, it's fucking great. It's absolutely great. And the thing that I'm really loving about it, like, you know, for anyone that's been following, you know, the Silver Scream or Silver Scream 2, you know that, you know, each video is framed by like a little mini movie. And, you know, the concept for this movie is Spencer is on trial, who was the lead singer of Ice Nine Kills, for anyone not Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) on trial for the murder of his girlfriend. And it looks like he's been set up by this masked serial killer who's going around knocking people off um the really fucking cool thing about this whole movie fucking framing device thing that they're using for the music videos and like each of the music videos are being presented as evidence to prove his guilt in apparently murdering his fiance but i mean man the great thing is you've got joe bob briggs as the fucking judge in the courtroom you've got bill mosley as the arresting officer you've got all these people from the horror community popping up in these music videos, like fucking Sean Malfunction. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he's the man, dude. I fucking love that guy. He is a fucking dude. I absolutely adore him. Who does like you know horrors haunted fucking uh, hallowed grounds hallowed thing? Grounds. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, late brain no working. Um, but yeah, like he pops up as a court reporter in the latest one. Like it's just such. A great like uh Daniel Harris is in there. Um, cool. Like yeah, man, it's just such a great like who's who of you know horror people popping up in these videos. It's fucking awesome. Speaking of horror people popping up, man, fucking the famous monsters um 
fucking seminar thing happened, I think, yesterday in LA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, like Corey uh, fucking um, Corey Taylor showed up, fucking, um, I think, I want to say John Carpenter, but I'll probably fuck that up. But a whole bunch of who's who. Um, Mick Garris, fucking just basically, you know, horror elite uh, yeah, um, mixed bag all showed up. I've got to send a, a quick fuck you out to Corey Taylor. Um, Go for it. <laughs> so Fuck uh, you, Corey Taylor. Let, let, let me paraphrase. It's an affectionate fuck you because I love Corey Taylor and Stone Sour. And, um, yeah, so your boy here was walking to get dinner yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And um, cruising along. Uh, I've got my earphones in. I'm listening to some tunes. Uh, Say You'll Haunt Me by Stone Sour comes mm-hmm. on. I love that song. I totally fucking zone out on it. So I'm walking to get dinner and I am just completely zoning out and didn't realize that uh, until I started getting weird looks that I was actually uh, belting out a rendition of Say You'll Haunt Me in character at the top of my lungs <laughs> so I'm, um, you know, I'm sort of like, sorry if the tall, tattooed weirdo kind of freaked you out, guys. I didn't mean it. I'm not really. <laughs> oh, that is I'm awesome! Really into the song. But that's the great thing about music, man. <laughs> Fucking, it, you know, you got the earphones in, and you go. You, it's it's like comics, man. You just go into escapism mode. And the world is irrelevant and you just find yourself just doing just crazy shit like singing the fucking words. I was I was in the zone and um yeah, I was really in the zone judging on a couple of the looks I got. Why not, man? Like fuck it. They must be Morrissey fans if they didn't fucking like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, oh, you know, oh fuck, I guess if this was fucking the Smiths, y'all would be okay, yeah. <laughs> Fucking jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, good times. Um, yeah, and and I'm I'm fucking uh, getting a bit nostalgic at the moment. Um, before we move on to fucking this week's topic, um, I've been playing a couple of games, and I'll talk about the other one next week. But I'm playing Splatterhouse again. I think I've mentioned oh, it once before. I saw something for Splatterhouse the other day, and I was I was just like on such a fucking nostalgia trip because I remember fucking comics of like ninety ninety one. Yep, yep. the nineties comeback, man. Being advertised everywhere. Mm-hmm. This game is the fucking tits, man, and it's the kind of game where if you finish it um, on story mode, you get to go. You get a copy, um, you get to relive the fucking 90s magic by playing the original Splatterhouse. Oh, that's rad. It's so fucking cool, dude. But, um, yeah, so I'm slowly making <clears throat> my way through it. And, um, yeah, it's just, mate, I just see big roided up dude wearing a hockey mask. I'm in fucking blood, <laughs> fucking killing monsters everywhere, fucking machetes. Two by fours, shotguns, bring it on. We're doing it. It's fun. That's rad. It, you know what else is rad? My shitty rendition of a fucking great song. 
<laughs> so, man, I got to say, last week was so much fun talking about uh, Friday the 13th versus Friday the 13th, um, 1980 versus 2007, I think it was. Um, that was a ball of fun. Oh, dude, I, yeah, well, this was the perfect excuse for me to rewatch. Friday the 13th, part two. Which we're going to have a fucking yarn about. Yeah, um, and it's probably going to get a little bit uh, risque, so you may want to uh, put your earphones in or send the children out of the room. Yeah, <laughs> it's... um. I fucking horny ass movie. <laughs> this, man, this film, man, like, I mean, this, this this movie goes places that the first one didn't, and then it also goes places that it should have gone that the first one did. It kind of just, it missed the boat and it got the boat on a couple of things. Um, I'm curious what your take on this is, but um, this came out just shortly after number one, it was released in the US on 1st of May, 1981. Yeah, well, they pumped it out pretty quick after the success of the first one. And, and Tom Stavini didn't want to fucking borrow it. Yeah, apparently not. Um, I really like number two. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, sack over the head overalls. Um I look like I fuck my sister, Jason. Yeah. This is a, yeah, there, there are some attributes of Jason in this film that um, I'm all kinds of morbidly uh, curious about because I don't recall these attributes of Jason in later day, Jason. No, so. no, no. Um, and I, I, you know, there's, there are some really cool ideas in this one. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Like I, you know, the whole skipping it, you know, skip to the end. Um, mm. That whole bit where she pretends to be like, he's got the shrine for his mother and stuff like that there. I think that's really cool. Um, I love that. Um, there are parts before, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but before you continue on that, there are parts about that scene that fall into my cons category that I, I would love to explore with you because I'd love to get your ideas. Yeah, continue. I mean, I, I, there's, there's stuff I really love. Um, you know, some, some of the, here's, here's my, my let's quick, go through what you love. That's, that's my quick greatest hits list of what I love. Um, first and foremost, this has my first favorite Friday the 13th girl in there. I cannot remember the character's name ever to save my life. But she's the one that goes skinny dipping, that has a short brunette. Oh, we salute you. Shaw Wing. Babasaurus Rex. Like, fucking A, dude. I oh mean, she... God, like, I'm I'm the same as you. Man, this is... Sorry to, again, sorry to interrupt you, but no, 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 no. you talked about this last week when you talked about tits and ass in horror movies and heavy metal. Yeah, these are the ingredients of fucking awesome horror that we grew up on. Oh. And... This is that fucking reminder. If you ever needed one, this is it. Is a babe, and it's um, you know, I I don't care how much of an absolute pig I get called for this. She is an absolute fucking fox. Uh, you know, she goes completely bare ass, and uh, my life personally is better for it. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I mean, no, she's she's an absolute fox. She's my favorite Friday the Thirteenth girl. It's like if you like, you know, were like, hey, you've won a night with a Friday the Thirteenth girl. I'd be like, yes, that absolutely gorgeous woman that was skinny dipping with the short brunette hair and the crop top and the tracky dax and everything in number two. I will take her, please. Thank you. I don't need anything else in life. I can now die happy. Um, my other favorite thing in this movie is how considerate Jason is uh, after he kills the survivor from the original Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. We get a funky little recap. I really like that Jason is so polite that he takes the kettle off the stove. Yes. There a, are some... a level of consideration you don't normally get in your 80 slashes. There is a, there is a humanity in, in this gesture that blew me away. Mm. Um, I don't recall Michael or Freddie or any of these guys doing something like that. No, no, no. But I'm Jason, not... you're the man. You I, took that fucking kettle off. I was, you know, kind of expecting that he might even feed the cat. You know? um, By the way, your, your babe from the movie is Kirsten Baker. Yes, that is who it was. Yes, yes. Continue. Yeah. She. Yes, I. I will forever remember and her name. Her. We will never forget your hot pants. Oh my God, no, God no, or her taking them off for that matter. Um, no. Well, I'm sorry, guys. We warned you this was going to be a. a yeah. <laughs> it's Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I mean, come on. There is so much tits and ass on display in this movie. Well, um, yeah. And I also really appreciate the fact that Jason is an equal opportunity. Uh, killer in this, he doesn't discriminate, and the poor dude in the wheelchair fucking cops it. Oh boy, does he what? You know, the funny thing about this film is the fact that um, the censorship board really put the the vice on on the producers for this film, so they had to really scale back a lot of the the gore that they intended to to produce in this film and uh, the violence. So. What we got was kind of pretty cool anyway, and that the wheelchair scene was fucking dope, dude. That, that, that was just like, uh, I mean, you know, I was being and I were talking about this the other day, yeah. Which, um, uh, and, be you know, like it, yeah. I'll oh, be because B, B loves Friday the 13th, part mm. Two. Like, mm. uh, yeah. It, it's 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 one of our all time faves, like, nice. Three were like, you know, yeah, it was just like, whew. um. But, um, you know, and as B said, this was a movie where, you know, the first time watching it, he felt anything could happen. Like, yeah. everyone was like, there was no obvious, like, oh, surely the guy in the wheelchair is not going to die. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. He's going to die in the worst way possible. Like, yeah. he's going to fucking <laughs> machine uh, fucking head and go careening down some stairs. Texas like, Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre, anyone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had something to prove in this one. Yeah. They needed to up. They needed to outdo that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like no one was safe. And again, you know, we get one of those great, like, you know, stormy fucking Fridays. Like, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, you know, if you want to hang out in the rain, it's like just be anywhere around Crystal Lake, New Jersey, on a Friday the thirteenth. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, I really, I really dug this play. And again, you know, likable characters, like, you know, the, the dude that steals the, uh, Kirsten Baker's clothes after she, yep, that was awesome. Like, yeah. Is a douchebag, but yeah, you know, he wasn't a hateable douchebag. It's just kind of like, he's no. just a army prick. And the thing is, like, I mean, there's, a, there was quite a few characters in this that potentially could have, could have um, 
also copped a, a bit of Jason love in, in the film, but they they dodged that bullet for whatever reason. Um, and I, again, you know, not sounding like a racist or anything, but the token black guy that we see in the film, um, we only see him briefly. We don't see him fucking what happens to him. Does he die? Does anything? I don't know. So, you know, th- this is one of those rare occasions where we don't see – him get killed or throw a one-liner. Um, yeah, I just thought that was that, – that for me was an interesting yeah, observation. Well, it's, sort of, it's sort of really – and, I mean, that's the thing. I don't think it's it's racist when no. you're talking about, like, this is what the films of the era were. They, exactly. They, there was the token black guy. There was the token bimbo that got her tits out. Yeah. You know, it's it's been like, joked about in movies yeah. later on. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like these were the cliches of the day. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, like you said, we didn't see what happened to that character. No. Which kind of defied, you know, it's a little bit, you know, defied the cliches of the day really by not having him, you know, die horribly on a toilet, which is what happens to another African-American character later on in Friday the 30th. Very (laughs) memorable yet traumatic scene. Yeah, yeah. I will never forget that scene as long as I live. It's like, fuck, man, what a horrible way to go. Like, you get stabbed to death with steel poles on some skanky outhouse shitter. Like, yeah, dude. Like, you deserve way better. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There, there, there was some. um, Yeah, there was some. There was some brutal moments, like the the death of um, that that fucking wonderful bonking scene that we see between Jeff and Sandra. Um, Yeah. That was fun, dude. Like, I mean, those guys were, you know, that that were your, you know, that were your breath of fresh air moment in this film that you just wanted to see that couple that horny as hell just get it on, have a bit of fun, smoke some weed, um, you know, all the classic tropes of the eighties, and yeah. then um, cop a nice big fucking pole through through both each other, <laughs> yeah, both of them, like a shish kebab, basically. I, I kind of, I don't know about you, man, but I always thought that that scene was very reminiscent and a bit of a nod to uh, Kevin Bacon from the first one. Yes, it, I, I, that was my thought exactly, peas in a pod, amen. Like, yeah, I just I just found that scene very reminiscent to, uh, yeah, what, what uh, poor old Kev got, except, you know, turned up to 11. I think that's the thing about Friday the 30th Part 2 is that it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff from Friday the 13th, but kind of turned up as much as they could. They definitely intensified things a little bit, but um, I, I think it's the MPAA, that's the governing body that was the censorship board that were trying to fucking, you know, be the party police on this one. Yeah. And um, they really, you know, threw a cloud over this film in terms of the violence. But, dude, man, the wheelchair death, the fucking, the bonk scene death... There was some, even Ralph's death in the, at the tree, man, with the barbed wire. Well, that was the other thing. It was just like, oh, this is the movie where poor old crazy Ralph finally. I, I was stoked to see Ralph again after the first film. I was like, he's back. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he says his same old bike. fucking line. You're all doomed. Yeah. Doomed. Still can't ride a bike. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and fucking he's like one of the first victims of Jason. Well, I mean, there's, there's something I have to, I feel that I really have to address because Bring it. now and then, as a horror fan, I run into that asshole. And you, 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 I'm going to start saying something here. Go for everyone's it. Everyone's going to go, oh, that asshole. Uh-huh. 
that asshole that's like, Friday the 13th doesn't make any sense because how can Jason be like a grown man in it when he was like a little boy at the end of the first one? That's because, you fucking moron, Jason at the end of the first one isn't actually there. It's a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking dream sequence. Also, he's a fucking undead zombie, okay? Like, you know, well, he, he drowned in the 50s. He's yeah. up. He or whatever. He didn't die or whatever the fuck. Like what And the locals and the locals that got resurrected. Yeah. I don't know. And the locals that do know anything about Jason, they all say the same thing. He grew up in the woods, living off the wildlife and the vegetation. Yeah. And he probably bench pressed a few fucking trees out there to get so strong. Like yeah. fucking yeah. Like I don't know, dude. Improvise. Like uh has for his fashion sense. Um, I don't know if the bag over the head was the fucking ultimate trick. Um, I think that was a fuck you to the town, the dreaded sun, sundown, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. very similar to the town, the dreaded sundown. I mean, I, look, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to question Jason's passion bag because, you know, it can, it can look cool if it's worn right. We saw that in the reboot, remake, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's the overalls, man. Look, the I mean, the controversy, the controversy of this film is, you know, uh, if you listen to any podcast or whatever that talks about this film, uh, well, about this series after number one, there's that, that glowing controversy around Tom Savini uh, and his involvement with the film talking, you know, about, you know, his opinion of the story. It says, you know, um, Jason was not even in the first film. He was just a fucking, like you said, he's in the dream sequence. The fucking mum did it all. By the end of this film, um, I'm just going to throw a spanner in the works. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I, um, I'm, you know, I'm as sober as they come and I'm watching it going, fucking wasn't Jason. The, Jason wasn't the killer. It was the fucking dog. Because <laughs> the dog fucking survives. The dog just appears in the most convenient places at these deaths. And I'm like, the fucking dog did it. So you're, you're like full on Angela Lansbury in this thing. I am full on Angela Lansbury in this thing, dude. Right, because for anyone that hasn't heard the theory, like if uh, there was a great show in the eighties called Murder She Wrote. Great show. It was about this <laughs> lovely little old lady who was a crime novelist who every week would show up at a place and a murder would take place. Yeah, because she was a crime novelist, she helped solve it. The prevailing theory is that she was actually a serial killer and she was doing it all. <laughs> and I'm sticking with that theory too, bro. <laughs> I love that theory. Like, Same. I think it's great. Angela is a homicidal maniac in disguise. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for Angela Lansbury being there. She's a sweet old lady in person, but deep beneath she is seated with rage. And I'm pretty sure it even crossed over with Magnum P.I. at some point. Don't let the moustache fool you, dude. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Magnum helped her on a case. I, Fucking I, I, I think. I think. I think there was some um, little star crossovers back then, dude. There were, and I'm mm. fucking positive she showed up in Night Rider. She probably did, man. She was probably. Um... <laughs> nah, I'm not even going to go down this rabbit hole. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, don't get me started. 
Meanwhile, back to Friday the 13th part two, <laughs> Angela Lansbury suddenly yeah, so, appears so, so with so a pitchfork. The dogs, the dogs, the uh, Angela Lansbury of Friday the 13th part two. Look, I know you can all argue and say the dog can't hold hold a fucking pitchfork and the dog can't fucking choke Ralph with a fucking barbed wire, you know, fencing. Yes, true. But I, I'm, I'm sticking with it. do people? I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying, dude. Do a lot. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun, man. Like the, the death scenes were cool. The body count was pretty cool. I thought the body count could have been a bit more. Um, but that's just greedy old me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's still it, like, that's the thing. It's like this movie was fucked with a lot by the MPAA. It was, but it's one of those things where it like, it doesn't feel like it suffers for it. Um, no. You know, because I, I know they did the same thing with, um, oh, I know, well, I know they did the same thing with a lot of the Friday the 13th, but I also know that they really uh, kind of went to town on part seven. Um, but it's, it's weird because it's like, you know, you're watching it. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I know this was fucked with. This wasn't the original intent. They wanted it to be a lot more gory and stuff mm. like that. But it never feels like you're missing something when you're watching these movies. No. Like they never feel like you're never like watching it going, Oh, they obviously cut something out there. Yeah. 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 No, there wasn't, there wasn't any of that. I mean, look, the, the, for, for any, anyone that hasn't seen part two, it follows on pretty good from number one. I mean, we see Alice return from the first film. It directly picks up pretty much after. Yeah. Like kind of get the impression this is, you know, what, three weeks, a month or so later, something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alice's involvement is a really nice segue to bring, introduce Jason into the mix. So Jason surfaces as, you know, stalking Alice. Um, Yeah. I, I think to myself, the the only con in this sequence that I felt was where was Jason in the first film? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's kind of like, look, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's one of those things, man, where it's like if you start looking too closely at any of Friday the 13th, exactly. you know, the plot holes become very evident because it's like, well, okay, where was Jason during the events of the first one? Yeah. Uh, also, how the fuck did he find out where she lived? Like... Exactly, dude. I mean, there's, there, there's, you know, this is the, one of the great mysteries of horror of the 80s. It's like, I mean, if you want to go down that path, man, you've only got to look at movies like Jaws 3 and Jaws 4 where the fucking shark comes stalking fucking Brody's missus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, since when does a shark fucking stalk of human being like that? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the great thing about Jaws 4 is like the shark manages to track her yeah. From uh, Cape Cod to the Bahamas and get to the Bahamas quicker than a 747. Like, right. So. Shark's got skills. Exa- just saying. This is the thing, man. Like, this is the beauty of 80s horror. Some things are just better left unexplained. And just leave it to, hey, cool, surprise. I think with anything to do with like Friday the 13th or even, you know, certain other franchises, Cough, Cough, Halloween, you just kind of got to like go, eh, whatever the fuck. Mm. Like, I got to say, but um, I kind of wanted to like um, Alice's death. Um, It was was kind of a, 
surprise. I mean, I knew it was going to happen because I didn't think she would last in this film. But, um, yeah, death by ice pick, uh, introducing Jason in that fucking nicely buttoned up flannelette shirt. Um, <laughs> fucking overalls. He's the most well-dressed fucking serial killer I know, dude. Yeah. Um, next to Ted Bundy, but anyway, right, yeah, I mean the the, the, the flannel shirt, the overalls, is just like I'm, I'm half expecting Jason to kick off a jug hoe down at any. Well, point. this is the thing, man. It's like he, he he's almost head to toe fucking nicely done up, and then you get this fucking hessian bag over his head. It's like, um, okay, this doesn't quite fit, but okay, whatever. Yeah, it's like you know, I mean, maybe the people of Crystal Lake, New Jersey, have been you know nicely ironing his shirts for him. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe the locals are in on it. We want you to look good for your murdering later on. <laughs> yeah, but um, the blue and purple flannel for today. Yeah, but uh, Alice's death at the start of the film opens up the segue for the plot that evolves. Uh, following, I think it's months after Alice's death. That is when we see the 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 latest batch of fucking victims arrive. I mean, counselors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a neighbouring camp that's not Camp Fucking Crystal Lake and or Camp Blood. Meat for the grinder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And well, that's, that's the whole point. Is like you know they're opening a camp on the other side of the lake. You know. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, stay the fuck away from Camp Blood. And of course, you know everyone gets horny. It's like, hey, no one's at Camp Blood. Let's go fuck there. Nothing can go wrong. Exactly, dude. And and you know they they fucking curiosity literally killed the cat in this instance. And yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm with you, man. Number two is a nice fucking follow on from number one. Um, oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, and and you know what? Look, whilst we know Jason for the hockey mask, it's nice to see our introduction to Jason with the the Hessian bag, the the mute the mutant look that we see later on is quite a surprise. Yeah, well, it's very hills have eyes in this. Like, very you know, hills have eyes. Fucked up and Mongo looking, you know. He like, had a beard, didn't he? Yeah, he's got like a half beard and he's like completely fucking mutated. Like he's got a fucking. And he's got long hair and. Yeah, he's got like the, the long fucking weird ass, like Hills Have Eyes fucking. It's very Hills Have like Eyes. A, uh, wrong turn kind of fucking mutant cannibal look thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting look, dude. Um, I was quite taken. I was also surprised, like, there and this is something I touched on early on in the piece was the attributes of Jason that um, I guess I'm going to rediscover all this as I watch the other films again that I've forgotten about Jason's attributes, but I don't recall Jason being as athletic um, on his feet as he, you know, as he is in this film. No, well, I think that's the thing, man. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I think, um, and this is, this is one of those things with Friday the 13th as well. I, my personal sort of, you know, thoughts on it are like, I think everyone, because Kane Hodder mm. is so fucking memorable as yeah. Jason. Yeah. Everyone, when you think of Jason, that's what you instantly think of. Absolutely. Like Jason is being very slow moving, very deliberate, Yeah, you know, like you can run like as fast as you can and he can just, you know, walk at a fairly, you know, comfortable pace and get ahead of you. Um, and I don't, 
I think, and this is, I mean, you know, man, it's one of those things that what, like people, people always do the fucking, oh, but you know, it doesn't make sense because blah, 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 blah. Like, no, it does make sense because they were making this shit up as they were going along. No one sat down when they made Friday the 13th and went, hey, you know what? We're going to make like 11 of these. And in the 10th one, he's going to go into space. Mm. And, you know, that's our plan. And yeah, let's go. They were made, these things were greenlit based on like, there was no plan. There was no one sat down and went, we're going to do a trilogy. It was like, no, um, this one made money. Fuck, let's do another one. Oh, that one made even more money. Fuck, let's do another one. And let's keep on going until they stop making money. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing. I don't think there was like, you know, they hadn't really defined, I don't feel like they really defined what jason would come to be until he put on the hockey mask i feel the same way i feel like they were sort of ad-libbing a lot along the way yeah they were just making shit up man i feel like yeah and then and then it's like once he put on the hockey mask and you know sort of started to become the icon that he became i think that's when they went okay we've got something here let's really start refining this yeah um and that's when you know they started bringing in a lot of the mythology and a lot of the you know jason can't die and mm-hmm. he's coming back and you know all <clears> that stuff. yeah there was yeah there's definitely a, a lot of that and i feel like movies like number two are just an experiment so that's why i, I kind of feel compelled not to be too critical of of these attributes that i noticed about jason yeah, even though i still think the dog did all the killing um <laughs> i'm telling you man i'm, I'm fucking angela lansbury in this shit dude the fucking dog did it don't let that fucking little ribbon bow fucking confuse you man yeah, that's a maniacal little fucking mutt it's a valid point it's like you know and that corpse that they found was probably like he did that as well just to throw paint off it's like no man I fucking hey. all that fuck. <laughs> i really think though like i mean because like i i guess when you rewatch them i think the thing you really notice up until you know we start getting hockey masks jason is mm. that you know number one number two um even number three yeah uh, to a degree are more about the victims than jason well, that's it. It's about it's about exploring that the the thrill of the kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's more yeah. about like, you know, Jason had not really become the star of the piece until no. you know, we got up around five, six, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Even, well, even four to a degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I I really think it's like you know that's that's the thing people got to remember when they're you know they're what they're doing a Friday the Thirteenth marathon is that like you know it's it wasn't really about Jason until the movies got along a bit more. And then it was just like, Oh no, Jason's the star. It's like, you know, mm. um, it, it, which is something that like, you know, a lot of slasher movies kind of had was like, you know, um, I mean, I guess not so much with Nightmare on Elm Street. Cause it's like Freddie, like I think they realized very quickly that Freddie was kind of the breakout of that series. He was. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, I mean, even Halloween, it's like, you know, they sort of went, oh, no, we'll get rid of Michael Myers. Oh, fuck, bring him back, please. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Jason sort of, you know, had a bit of a slower rise to fame than, uh, let's say, Freddy or Pinhead or Chucky, you know. Yeah, I think so too, man. And, you know, and the great thing about the, the Friday 13th mythology that we'll explore in later episodes is, you know, is is just a 
yeah, very much like Final Destination and Saw, you kind of lose sight of the plot as a def- as a defining feature of the film and just focus more on how cool is the death by the fucking axe to the head or the fucking those two, you know, the two kids bonking in the bed and they fucking shish kebobbed, you know? like That's the thing, man. I feel like with Friday the 13th, it's like it's one of those things where <laughs> – it reminds me of the dad in Monster Squad where like, yeah, yeah. Claude's begging him for money and he's like, Plot? Did I hear Plot? It's a guy with an axe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the cool thing about the Friday the 13th series is that you've got to watch them and enjoy them in the spirit of what they are. And it's You like, have to. You have to. No plot. Um, no. It's like, literally, the plot for each Friday the 13th is the same. Kids go to Crystal Lake kids fucking get high and drunk at crystal lake yeah jason kills kids uh someone somehow manages to kill jason for 10 20 minutes until you know you put on the next movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's all it is it's the, the the fun of it is you watch it for you know uh stupid kids doing stupid shit Mm-hmm. murdering people uh lots of gratuitous nudity lots of insanely creative kills uh later in the series insanely creative kills involving a variety of gardening tools um yeah and yeah like heavy metal music like that's that's basically what you watch these movies for it's it's the friday like that's the thing, man. I've always like maintained it's like you know, uh, if like Hellraiser is kind of like the Shakespeare of slasher horror stuff, Friday the Thirteenth is the beer and pizza party of horror franchise. I was about to ask you about that. I was going to say, do you consider this a beer and pizza movie? Fuck yeah, man! I consider this a beer and pizza box set. Um, Fuck yeah! Like you know, Friday the Thirteenth is just the perfect like. Yeah, it's it is literally a franchise where you can pluck out almost any one of those movies, maybe not part nine, mm-hmm. and just chuck it on and watch it. And you don't have to be in any sort of mood. You can have it on in the background. You can have it on when friends are over and just you know fucking watch it and you know eat a couple of pizzas, drink yep. a couple of brews, laugh at some silly shit, you know. Yeah, it's so, cool, oh, man. God, like, the dude in the wheelchair just got a fucking machete to the head. Like, well, this is the thing. You know, the, the the thing you have to remember about this film is, and coincidentally, fun fact, this this film and Halloween two, both released in nineteen eighty one. Go figure. <laughs> and both feature a fucking cop getting killed with a hammer to the head in the sequels. <laughs> Fucking go figure, right? The cop in number two, man. The fucking cop in Friday the 13th. It's just like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah, dude. Well, at least the cop in this one was a bit more believable than the the first one. Yeah. (laughs) The police bike (laughs) cop. I was just like, wow, okay. (laughs) That's a, yeah, shit, the budget must have been tight on that one. (laughs) But uh, at least this one we got the, you know, working... You know, the budget must have been a bit more flexible because the cop car looked a bit more like a cop car. The sirens worked and the uniform looked on point. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, But um, the other thing uh, what's interesting too is 
the camp councillor leader, Paul. Um, we don't see him die. No. No, no. Which I thought he was going to get it. Mm. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, that's that's it. Like, I mean, well, we don't even technically see, um, you know, my darling uh, girlfriend that I should have had. I know. We don't actually see her die either. Like, you know, she screams, but... Some people dodge the bullet, man. And I'm going to blame the MPAA on this one because I think their little involvement in the censorship had something to do with the things like the token black guy not seeing his death. I'm also Uh, going to put it out there to our listeners that you think that she's still waiting in Mm. New Jersey for me to go and save her. You know, let us know. I think so, dude. I will, you know, if there's enough, I will book a plane ticket and go to Jersey. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, like 40 years later, she looks exactly the same and is just hanging out by the lake there in Jersey, just going, oh, fuck, Jake, where are you? Yeah, dude, 100%, man. The fucking... um, I'll just have to avoid that fucking dog. <laughs> yeah, avoid the dog. If you see a cute dog with a fucking bow in his head, run. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm a... telling you. It's 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 like the rabbit from Monty Python. Yeah, the the um yeah the other, the, the um the other thing about the the film that um I don't know if you picked up on this too at the very end the the close up the pan in close up of Jason's mum's head uh, the decomposed head on the on the table on the sacrificial table. Um, I'm watching it just going, this thing's going to wink at us in any second. And it didn't. Yeah. I feel yeah, like. You kind, of, you kind of got that vibe, man. You really. I feel like there's an alternate ending of this somewhere that features her winking and smiling at us. Well, I was rewatching my Scream Factory Blu ray this afternoon and mm. I was watching a bunch of the features on there. I didn't get to the deleted scenes, though. Right. So I can't say for sure, but I do know that there are deleted scenes from this movie. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think there's an alternate ending with her winking or opening her eyes because it didn't look like a typical um, prop head. It actually looked like a person wearing the makeup yeah. on the table. And um, that's that's my only reasoning for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totes, totes, man. Yeah, like, yeah, it did totally give off that vibe. Yeah, right. totally. And again, sorry for the little spoilers, kids, but deal with it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, you know, I'm sort of like, fuck, like, you know, putting on like the decomposing for God knows how many months, mum's sweater. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's an act of bravery that I felt was a bit more. That was a huge act of bravery, considering that, that, that her head got cut off than, in that sweater. Yeah, that was a bit braver than facing Jason. I gotta say, it's just like yeah, it would have been fucking rank. It would have been rank <laughs> as fuck, dude. Like, I mean, did she wear fucking deodorant? Did did she bathe? We don't know that. Whoa, I'm guessing none of that would even matter. Yeah. It's had a fucking rotting body inside. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's God knows how long. So. I've got to say, but one critique about, about that sequence is when she put that on and then Jason storms in, how did she know to say those lines to Jason? Your work is done, Jason. You know, like yeah, how, how did she know to say all that stuff like the mum? 
I'm guessing maybe she made it up uh, off the top. Did of the, the sweater possess her? Maybe I don't know. Because um, was she? Um, no, I'm just trying to think. No, because no. she knew nothing about the yeah. mum prior to this, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm sort of like, I'm sort of uh, a bit confused in in this aspect and. Again, you know, like, uh, yeah, we're, we're not in any way, shape, or form trying to critique and pick the shit out of it. We're just oh, raising some interesting points of interest here that, that um, to the untrained eye, y- you won't pick up on. But we, no, well, we... that's exactly it. And I mean, I think it's interesting too to, um, you know, sort of use this as a, as a um, very good sort of uh, sort of touchstone as to how filmmaking has changed mm. since you know, 1981 to now, whereas, like, you know, nowadays it's like everything is a potential planned franchise. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, you know, back in the 80s, it was it was literally a case of, you know, it's like we were talking about with Highlander. It's like mm. no one planned shit. That's why, you know, the sequels are so scattershot and all over the place. It was just sort of like, a, oh, fuck, this is popular. It was a very cowboy style of filming. Mm. Yeah, it really was. It was basically like you think throw a bunch of shit out there, see what becomes a hit. And if it's enough of a hit, oh, well, hey, let's make more of them. Exactly, dude. And and I think that's what they did with Friday the 13th. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. 1981, different time period. And the thing is, we've said all these critiques about it, but guarantee you back then, um, even critics back then probably wouldn't have said half the shit we've said. You know, they probably would have said probably, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to read what the critics said about this film. Oh, I, mean, but, I guarantee you back then it just would have been no plot, you know, lots of dull, lots yeah. of movie, um, yeah. you know, movie for sick people. But the point I want to say is what has a as as a prepubescent teen watching this and you catch up with your mates after the weekend and you get back to school, you go, yeah, I can just imagine kids in America seeing this going going back to school the next week and going, dude, did you, have you watched Friday the 13th part two? Oh, dude, you see this girl with her boobs out and then you see oh, this dude in a wheelchair get an axe to the head. Dude, I remember these movies. I, I remember like hearing about, you know, these movies on the schoolyard and it was, it was literally like, you know, and I, I'm sorry if anyone finds this a bit like, you know, but it's like, this is how it was. It was like, you go to school and be like, oh, you know, this kid, like the kid that, you know, probably smoked in mm. school, but when mm. they tested, he saw Friday the 13th part two and he said, you see Bush in it and there's tits and this dude gets a fucking axe to the head and, you know, there's this couple shagging and they get fucking skewered and impaled and fucking... Yeah, you know, it's fun, was, man. That was all the stuff that got mentioned. No one was mm. there going, Oh, well, it was really fascinating when blah 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 happened. It was like, No, it <laughs> was like that was the thing about these movies. It was like the music got mentioned. If it was like, Oh, yeah, like because I remember fucking, um, you know, people making a big fuss out of uh, the Deadpool, the Fifth Dirty Harry movie, yeah, because Guns and Roses were on the soundtrack, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it was like the music got mentioned, the nudity got mentioned, and the kills got mentioned. And it was all like, oh, how cool was this bit? Or, oh, my mm. God, see that chick. Wow. You know, because that was just how it was. Like, there was no internet. You couldn't just, like, you know, look up fucking naked chicks on the internet. You had to, like, 
wait until your parents were out of the house, rent the movie or, you know, borrow it off a friend and hope your pause button was okay. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Or if, if you were a kid in America at the time uh, and you could find your way into a cinema to watch this thing on the screen, fucking good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know? Um, yeah, different times, man. And, and yeah, it does sound, you know, as always, it sounds a bit old man on rocking chair, but fuck, man, I'd give anything to fucking be back then. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the thing. It was like, and I think that was the cool the cool part. I, I mean, about like, you know, yes, yes, definitely Friday the 13th Part 2, but uh, so many of these movies like, you know, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Were, but because, you know, they were on video and stuff like that, you know, certainly when we were seeing them, mm. you know, they carried a certain mystique about them because it's like, you know, it wasn't, you didn't, you weren't, you know, oh, I'll just pull my phone out and fucking look this up on YouTube or whatever. It was yeah. like, you, there, there was a certain like, you know, you had to see if you could get it from a video store or go to a friend's house if he had it or buy yeah. it from a friend and you know, hope that your parents didn't catch you watching it and shit like that. So, you know. And, and you got excited if when you picked up a copy of, sorry to interrupt, you, you got excited when you pick up a copy of Fangoria and you read the fucking, yeah. there's a new Friday 13th movie coming out, you yeah, know? Like, that, you know, like that, that was all the cool shit. It was something to like really look forward to and, you know, discover on your own and mm. stuff like that. Like, you know, that, that's, and I think that's sort of what really helped build a lot of the, um, you know, again, the mystique, the fanfare. Yeah, the, exactly. The legend of the yeah. if you will. Well, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, like, you know, fucking uh, getting nostalgic about fucking video shops um, that I haven't yet to, that I've yet to mention on this, this show in Rad as well, is the other thing I enjoyed about the, going to the movie shops and even the cinema was when you'd pick up a copy of the the cinema magazine, or you'd pick up uh, a free copy of the um, the the video weekly, and you just go through and go, oh, I want to see that, I want to see that, I want to see that, yeah, totally. and then you'd read a bit of the gossip news about who's going to star in what, uh, or get excited about a sequel for for your favorite movie. Oh like, man, look, I'm telling you now, I remember, um, you know, it was so cool fucking picking those up because I found so many movies through those. I remember uh, going to Blockbuster, picking up the free fucking monthly rag that Blockbuster did with all the mm. that was coming out. Yeah. And I swear to God, my fucking asshole fucking puckered. <laughs> I found out that Mark <laughs> was doing a fucking crying Freeman movie. Awesome. And it was like coming out that month. Cause I yeah. mean, the thing, this was like pre-internet. Yeah. You didn't know what was coming out on video until it fucking came out or until it was announced in yeah, exactly. video rag. That was half the fun of it. Yeah, man. And it was like, you know, I remember like, you know, grabbing this thing as I'm walking out of the store with my fucking 10 for 10 weeklies and, you know, flicking through it as I'm fucking getting into the car and just going, Oh my God, fucking what the fuck? There's a crying Freeman movie. When's it out? Fuck yeah, it. March tenth. Fuck, circle that date on the calendar. Yeah, be there the day it comes in. Fucking okay, man. You know, so. and then and then mum comes home with fucking two or three fucking boxes of Pizza Hut pizzas ready to rock and roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. and you were just you were like, fuck yeah, bring on the weekend. This is yeah. worth living. Yeah, exactly. Simpler man. times, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. 
So, um, yeah, before we wrap up, man, uh, Friday the 13th, part two, man, uh, I think, boys and girls, you can put two and two together and say that we definitely give this the thumbs up. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. It's a lo- It's loads of fun. And, yeah, again... No, no. Jakey gives it the beer and pizza fucking nod. Oh, yeah, totally. And, I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, and, and, you know, just, just to qualify, like, none of, the, none of the stuff that we've mentioned on this show is, like, you know, opinions of the podcasters. The podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like you can't, you cannot talk about these movies, like, especially yeah. Friday the 13th, without, you know, viewing it through the time it was made, which was a time where, like, you know, Sex, tits, and horror, like heavy metal, was like the big draw card for horror movies. Yeah, um, and I think that's the point that a lot of people have got to remember. Different time period. I mean, fuck, man. We were, you know, any kid back in the 80s, man, that watched these kind of films, you got to, you know, you, you fucking, it was the topic of discussion the following week at school when you go, did you see that girl's boobs? Absolutely. No, it was. And I mean, it, 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 the thing is, it was compl- It wasn't a pervert kind no, of. No, it wasn't. The incel dude on. The no, it was like. Away. It, it was, was like a, she's so hot. I'm gonna marry her when I grow up. Exactly. Like, that kind of shit, you know. Yeah, dude. Whereas, you know, poor kids today, man. It's fucking straight away. Your mom's going. Oh, do you go on Pornhub or something like that? Like, there's just it just acres of bullshit that you got to deal with as a kid today compared to back then. Whereas back then, it's like, wow, you saw her boobies, and then she pulled down her shorts, and you could see her underwear, and you know, and then she got stabbed through the fucking chest with her pitchfork. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing, man. It's like it's also one of those things where it's like you know, it was a much more like it. You know, these movies are very sexually charged, but it's a yeah. innocent sort of sexually charged. Very innocent. It's not, a, it's not a leering kind of degenerate thing. And I know nope. there are people out there that would argue that. And Of course. To them, it's just like, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I've got to do the Bill Hicks quote. I'm sorry, when did sex become a bad thing? Like, you know, yeah, Bill, we had a vote, fucking's out. What? What? Was I asleep? Can I vote? <laughs> <laughs> But it's so true, isn't it? It's like, you know, the thing with the thing that people got to remember about Friday the 13th is like, number one, it was a different time. Number two, yes, it's very sexually charged. It's like there's lots of naked people, there's lots of people doing the sex. Mm -hmm. But it's a very innocent kind of thing. Like, nothing about, um, you know, nothing about, like, I don't watch Friday the 13th as an adult. And I mean, you know, hello, I'm a fucking great big left wing fucking hippie um but there's nothing about the friday the 13th movies where you watch them and feel dirty like it's like no no it's a bit gross or like skeevy it's all just in the spirit of a good time exactly Um, and that's the way it should be it's the way it's intended yeah exactly and that's the thing it's like even even the death scenes and stuff like that like you're not sitting there going, oh, my God, that poor cop, he got a hammer. No. He, uh, what if he has a family? Like, you know, I mean, dude, seriously, the only thing that gave me pause in watching Friday the 13th Part 2 was I was like, well, fuck, man, who's going to leave Alice's cat? Exactly. And, and look, the other, yeah, exactly. And, bro, <laughs> that's a good point. But the, the only thing that gives me pause is watching it going, the fucking dog did it. <laughs> 
Again, I've got to bring that up. Did, did that dog feed her cat? Like, you know, like, well, how long before she was here? Was that poor cat hungry? Like, this is the, these are the questions you've got to ask. Me. That played off. Like, I'm worried about that poor kitten burning its little fucking <laughs> Like, come on. Hey, um. Fucking pet responsibility. Fucking pet. Hey, uh, before we wrap up too, another thing I've got to bring up too is the um, the token comedy guy in the film, the nerd dude. Is it the, um, the ginger? Isn't he a fuckhead? Ah, uh, dude. Like, <laughs> he's an amusing fuckhead. But he's history fuckhead. repeats himself because his character repeated from the first film. Like, there was a guy like that. And we will see this again in number three, which we'll talk about. Yep. And number four and five. And because I, I think it's five. Mm. Is, it, is it five that Teddy's in? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember. Was it five? It's either mm. five or six. No, I think it's four that Teddy's in. Yeah, but that's why I'm loving watching these films again, yeah. dude, because yeah, it's because going back. always comes back. Mm. But always the prankster. But the, 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 the prankster in this one is cool because he's, he's kind of um, – he's a little bit um, fucking – Bit, uh, how do I say it? Fucking, uh, shit. I'm having a brain fart right now, but like a Nostradamus predicting the future. He's kind of the boy who cried wolf because he's like, you know, always like, you know, pranking on everyone and doing the, oh, I'm Jason, I'm Jason. It's like, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't help noticing, and I I think you would have noticed this too. He was glued to his fucking little portable video games. Mm, Yeah. Hockey, he had a, a hockey, portable hockey game and a portable football game. Which was very reminiscent of the average kid today, yeah. glued to their phone. Yep. yep. So, but he was glued to his fucking video game, and while everyone else is around, fucking in the the cabin smoking weed and singing Kumbaya, he's there playing video games. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. I don't know, dude. Fucking that was um that was some Nostradamus shit. Mm. Yeah, that's man. So it's yeah, yeah. I, I personally can't wait till we get to number four because I mean, uh, same. Was, there's going to be a lot of thoughts on the way Crispin Glover's character dances. <laughs> there's, there's... Hey, I got to say too. Um, I, I know I've said it a couple of times now before we wrap up, but um, I got to make mention of fucking Harry Manfredi. His work on the soundtrack is great. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And the band in the bar scene is fucking cool too. I fucking dug yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah that great. <laughs> the, oh, and, and in the bar scene, that's right. I've got to say, in the background, during the conversation between the counsellors, um, characters while the band's playing and the funny looking band at that, I couldn't help. I got excited and noticed in the background an OG Kiss pinball machine. I, yeah, I did see that, I, and I got all kinds of excited. Like, yeah. fuck it is! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was that was some awesome shit. Yeah, there was some fucking cool shit in this film. Um, yeah, and of course, classic V dub moment as well. Well, I mean, I think that's the great thing about revisiting these movies, man. Is because they are such a time capsule into they really are dudes and stuff like that. And, you know, you notice all the little things, like you notice the Fangoria issues, people, are yep. with, like the magazines, mm-hmm. the, you know, the decorations and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're really sad, sometimes you go, oh, fuck, my parents had that same fucking bowl. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and like, and some of the fashions as well, dude. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, um, 
all kinds of fucking fascinating to see all that shit and relive some of that magic and um and and of course fucking I think Jason wins the award next to the fucking Titarella um for best fashion sense. Oh man, look I'm just you know I mean Jason in hot pants probably wouldn't be a good look. Probably not, but I mean, you know, I gotta I gotta give it to anyone who's, you know, brave enough to go out, you know, murdering and stuff like that and um you know, be be rocking the flannel, the overalls and the, the sack. The the Hessian sack. It's it's a look. It is a look, man. It's a fucking it's a killer look, man. So it's, um it's just like, you know, I mean I guess, look, I, I, you know, we can cut him some slack because we know eventually he will evolve into the leather jacket wearing yeah. you know, stud that he is in the reboot or yeah. the uh, cybernetically enhanced fucking badass that he is. In fucking dig that shit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've we got to cut Jason some slack here. It's like early days. Like, I'm not Well, this is the thing, man. I like look at some of the shit I wore in the 80s. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you got you, you know, this is the thing, Jason. What Jason has over Michael and Freddie, his fashion is a bit more diverse. Well, yeah, this is true. I mean, you know, Fre- Freddie and Freddie and Michael are kind of one outfit guys. Yeah, even Pinhead, Chucky, yeah, all of them, Ghostface, all of them. They all fucking, fucking even um, leather face to a degree. Jason, Jason is a bit more versatile. He's a bit of a fucking yeah, fat- man. Jason's fucking dialed in, man, with current fashion. Yeah. I, well, at the time, anyway. Well, yeah, he's rocking the trend for each for each movie, you know. And the eighties, and he's and the- that and fun fact about part two before we wrap up for the fifty fiftieth time. Um, <laughs> Jason in this film is played by three people, including a chick at the start of the film. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah. So she's rocking the close-up of his feet and stuff walking uh, through. Yeah, um, cool. And the, the reason why there was a third guy in it was because the guy that played Jason throughout the film, um, for whatever reason, couldn't do the stunts. So they had another guy step in for majority of the film. And, um, yeah. So, to, to some degree, whatever. But there was three different people rocking the flanny. Boom. There you go. And you know, man, that, I mean, that's that's the thing. That's that's like what we were talking about before is that, like, you know, none of these things were planned. It was like spur of the moment. It was. Funny. Total ad lib. Or another one. I mean, it was very Ed Wood. Well, yeah, man. I mean, you look at how fast these movies got pumped out, like, between, like, you know, 1980 and, you know, 88, which is when I believe. When was Jason Takes Manhattan? 88, 89? 87, 87, 88, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. Like, you had like eight fucking movies. So it's like one movie a year. Dude, he was like Kiss, man. He was pumping out a fucking album a year, a movie a year in his case. That's exactly it, man. It's like, you know, they were fucking jamming these things out. They didn't slow down until like Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm. So. You know, like, yeah, they weren't really planning it. It was just like, hey, it made money. It's popular. Let's get as much out there as we can. And by that point, it was it was fun for the kids because the kids wanted to fucking see, they wanted to see the boobies and they wanted to see fucking the body count. Yeah, well, and that's that's exactly it, man. And, you know, like I said, that's, you know, the, the fact that, like, you didn't even have really, like, one actor playing no. 
by regularly until Kane Hodder came along, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of proves that it's like it took until then for them to go, oh, shit, hey, we're kind of onto something mm. with this Jason thing here. Like, you know, maybe we should get someone in that's going to like, you know, deliver a bit of a performance and you know they totally got that in spades with Kane because he's fucking rad yeah exactly dude yeah but um yeah dude uh fucking boys and ghouls fucking Friday the 13th part two man it's a rocking sequel check it out have some fun with it yeah Jake Jake gives it the beer and pizza nod fucking yeah get your mates and have some fun with this one absolutely it is it is such a beer pizza and just have a good time and I mean look man you know any of these Friday the Thirteenth movies, like you cannot take them seriously. No, you just the moment can't. you do, you're in trouble. Yeah, you just can't. You can't take them seriously. You can't like you know assign any more depth to them than what is on the surface level. And that's exactly great. Like that's great. Mm. But it's it's always good to have a fun franchise like this. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Well, this has been a fun episode, dude. And um, fucking looking forward to next week already, man. Yeah, well, what are we doing next week? Are we doing part three? Part three. Three <laughs> D. I, I, yeah. Um, this is interesting, man, because this is totally, um, yeah, this is totally spontaneous doing, you know, deciding to do the fucking series. So, yeah, this is, yeah, this is really I'm, cool. I'm, I'm totally down with it. Yeah, this is fun, man. It's a good excuse to watch the series all over again. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And, yeah, oh, oh, twist my arm. <laughs> but um, number nine, fuck. Yeah, that's all right. We'll do. We'll get through this together, buddy. <laughs> I, I may not watch number nine. I might just watch the start and the end, and then just fucking you know skip through all like best of YouTube clips. Yeah. <laughs> Till, till we see a, a, a fucking a, a, fre- a fucking Jason universe where fucking Jason goes marching into a fucking Morrissey concert with a machete and fucking cut sick on a the most glorious body count of all time. Um, all right, for that, yeah, I'm all for it. I, I I reckon that's like an alternate universe for Jason X. That's where he landed at the end of Jason X. I really hope so too, man. I hope that his fucking ship just lands on stage, Michael Jackson style explodes in a fucking cloud of smoke, pops out the fucking the, the fucking canopy. Morrissey goes, Oh, what's going on? He's fucking cold. Yeah. Like does he get stabbed through fucking the head through with dead flowers? I don't know. I reckon polyester sleeping bag death. Oh yes. I'm, I'm I'm down with that. Hey, so where are we going to end this? Are we going to end this with uh, Jason X, or are we going to end this with Freddy versus Jason? I think we should build towards the fucking Freddy versus Jason fucking climax. For that, because yeah, yeah, man, I reckon that'd be dope. Right. Yeah, so yeah, for that. yeah, absolutely, man. But um, yeah, we got we got lots of ground to cover, man. So fucking. Like and subscribe and, and come yeah, back for more, kids. You've, you've got fucking eight more episodes of tits, gore, and heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> We're just beginning to scratch the surface. But, um, yeah, we look forward to having you all back for tomorrow morning for uh, Rad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all kinds of dirty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Punk. Yeah, yeah. Question. <laughs> do you feel rad? Well, do you? Punk. Punk. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for everyone for tuning in. And um, you know, as always, fucking because uh, Jake's such a hugely fucking successful podcast celebrity. Um, yeah, yeah. Show show some love on his uh, Insta and socials, and um, <laughs> drop us a line on uh, what you think the um, the best your favorite Jason death is. Yeah, 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 for sure. I will do a. Uh, I didn't do one last week because uh, I just had a fucking crazy ass weekend. But yeah, um, no, it's all right. I will make sure I throw a Q and A up after Saturday morning's rad for the play. yeah. I thought Jason's death in this was pretty good, by the way, as well. Um, yeah. Even, even though we know he's going to come back, but uh, his death was good. It was pretty solid. Um, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I don't know. I got to. I got to have a think about what, what my favorite. Uh, my favorite Jason death was. Well, look, we'll go through every episode, and then uh, I think we'll fucking throw a poll out there at the yeah, end. We might have to. We might have to culminate. Um, yeah. Best Jason death. Yeah. I don't know. Best like Jason. The best. Best death, best Jason chick. Yeah, we'll give out some. We'll we'll do some. Uh, we'll do an impromptu fucking mock awards ceremony. We will. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the dog did it, but yeah. <laughs> best best red herring goes to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. All right, guys and girls. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you're you're all amazing, Jake. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, my brother. Same here, and we will see you all tomorrow morning. Fucking A, man. Till then. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) See you then. Cheers.